Okay. So we we quite aware of where we are with the time and how things are going. But you know, with a family service like this and for having the different voices, one can feel there's a sense of peace here and there's this beautiful sense with the children. We've got a few things to share and we're close to the end. But I want to ask you that you, you just draw your heart to God's word and where we're going to be. We've got Jude who's going to share God's word. Jude, don't you want to come and stand here? You will notice where we're going as a church. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You will notice that the voices that you heard today was from the youngest generation. And we'll hear a bit more uh, later just on, on some of the other voices. But there's a trajectory that is taking place here. And there's a, there's a definite marked moment today that we as a church, and we understand this, that it's not going to be just one generation that's going to need to bolster this. It's the few of us. And we want to pray over Jude. And uh, just to honor God for this young man, he leads the young people. Um, he has the wonderful opportunity to impact the young children. But also to see God use him prophetically has been phenomenal and to see the growth in his own life. And Jude, we want to honor God for you today. And we want to honor God that you have this wonderful privilege to share his word. And we just want to pray over you. Lord, we honor you that thank you for Jude being, oh Father God, your messenger today through the word of God. We pray that your blessing that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow be your portion and your guide and his guide. We pray right now that the Spirit of God will lead him and direct him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> you know, when I was listening to the voice note with uh, fairness and I put the 1.5 and I'm like, maybe they should press that on me. <laughs> and maybe I will go a little bit faster. So I'm a bit old school. I like to write things down and... Um, I don't know if you remember, for the past few weeks, we've been talking a little bit about me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, last week, we heard beautifully from Tony, and she was speaking about the reason why Joshua got to that point of making that decision and making a statement of him and his house will serve the Lord. Well, he was surrounded by people from different countries, different um, background, worshipping different gods, but... Despite of all of that, because of what God has done for his life and in his life, he could only get to the point where he will worship God. And that was a statement that he made. And while I was preparing for what I'm going to share, I'm going to try to be very short and sweet like shoes. Um, the one word that God kept on giving me was making that choice. And today we heard this morning when Tracy came and she spoke a little bit about making that choice in your life. Because, you know, it has to do with you. God has given you the freedom, but you have to make that decision today. But then when looking out, I went back and I read the book of Joshua again. And but then I was looking a little bit back and what has been happening and how Joshua got to that place where he had to make that choice. And, you know, God rescued, if we know, remember the story, God rescued Israel from Egypt, provided for them in the desert, gave food, you know, made a way through the wilderness, divided and parted the sea in two. But then he got to a point where all of them arrived, you know, by the promised land where they were supposed to enter. But what did they do? They rebelled again, and they went back, chose their own way. Well, after seeing so much miracle, after seeing so miraculous thing like the bible says that there hasn't been any generation that has seen so much wonders and miracle from god besides them you know providing bread from heaven this is something that we don't see nowadays and we don't even expect that 
But we see that this generation, even though they have experienced all of that, they still rebelled against God. And in me, I'm like, how can that be? You know, how could we get to such a point of, despite the many, many, many times that God has provided, that God has done wonders for you and me, you still get to a point where you rebel against him. Now, after that, you know, God punished and they ended up living in the wilderness for 40, 40 years or so. And they got into the other side of the Jordan by the promised land. And Joshua is saying his last word. I'm going to read this verse. You probably have read it a lot. But I'm just going to read it again. It's Joshua 24, 14 to 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the God which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself these days whom you will serve. Whether the gods of which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So my question today is, would you serve? Because, you know, God has really impressed in me that the, 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 um, he has impressed in me to ask you and to share with you about the fact that we as people need to make a choice. Whether young, whether old, different generation, we have a decision to make. We have our part to play in this big story. Because God is moving, God is working, but he's working through you, through me. But it comes from a place where you make a choice. But then... <coughs> You know what's funny is that, like I said, it would feel dumb, sorry to say that, that after so much, you would make these people of Israel will still rebel against God. And then Joshua tells them to, to serve the Lord. You choose who you serve. But you know what their answer was? Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and to serve other God. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and he continues so on and so on. But then... They made the decision to serve the Lord. But then we still see along the story that things still changed. They rebelled again. They went after other gods. You know? And the Lord was asking, when Joshua was talking to them about this choice, and he was asking them to choose who you are going to serve is, are you going to choose God or are you going to choose the other things or the other gods or evil. And it's the same thing that we are seeing today in the generation that we are living in. God is asking you, us, the church, to make a choice. Whether we are going to go for what God is doing or we're going to partner with what the devil is doing. Whether you are going to choose God or evil. Whether you are going to choose light or the darkness. Whether you are going to, cho to choose fear over faith. Because we see, we are living in a world today where it seems that the devil has taken over. It seems that the devil is busy working. But today, this morning, God wants me to remind you to open your eyes and to see that all you are seeing are only lies of the enemy. Because God is actually busy working and he's doing a new thing. Just like Israel having to choose between other gods, we must choose whether we follow God or the devil. And, you know, one of the choices that we also have to make is whether we choose to live in the spirit 
or we follow the flesh. But we know what are the consequences of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19, 21 says, Now the work of flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, literally, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, and all of those things. You can carry on. Of which I told you before and just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And like I say, we have to choose between light and the darkness. We have to choose between life and faith and death, or we choose faith over fear. And also, we need to choose between truth and the lies. And like I said, the things that we are hearing, the things that we are seeing, you know, those are all lies of the enemy. And a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm just going to jump right to that, for three weeks in a row, I was standing here in the church, and God kept on revealing to me the same thing. I saw a wall. It was a desert place, like this place was desert, and while we were worshiping, and I saw a well right at the center of the church, but I saw nobody. Yeah, a well. Well. And the cover that was on top of the well was opening, and there was just water flowing. So at first, I thought, I mean, I got the meaning. God spoke to me at that moment, and he says that, you know, I'm doing a new thing. I'm still busy working and all that. But that was my point. That's what I understood then. The second Sunday, God does the same thing, and I still see the same thing. The well appears again, and it's desert. Well, I'm like, okay, if God really repeats himself, then he wants your attention. So <laughs> I go, I meditate. And I think that I got an understanding. But then again, I come on the third, third Sunday, and the same thing happened. And I'm like, clearly, I do not get it. What is God trying to say? Because I'm trying to get the meaning of it. But you know what? I'm going to go back to the Word again. And I started reading every story about worlds in the Bible. <laughs> but the one interesting is I fell on the story of... Um, there has been many stories of world in the Bible, but I fell on the story of... Uh, who is this? The Agar, 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 and Ishmael. Agar, I don't know, long story short. Abraham was promised a son. He decided to make his own plan to get his own son. And he's like, you know what, God, you are taking too long. I'm going to make my own thing. He makes a plan, and then he gives birth to Ishmael through Agar. But Ishmael wasn't the son of the promise. And after some time, Sarah, who was the legitimate wife of Abraham, gave birth to Isaac, who is the child of the promise. But then there was some trouble in the house, and then Sarah says, you know what, I don't want this child with me anymore, um, Ishmael, because he is a troublemaker, he was coughing and all that. So he decided, you know what, you have to kick Agar out with Ishmael. But then what happened is God, Abraham was upset about it, but God told Abraham that it's fine, you know, just do as Sarah please, but be sure that I am going to bless that child. And so he let Ishmael go, and Agar is in the desert. All the food that she had taken and the water that she, had, she also took were finished. And Agar got to a point where it was the desert, so you can imagine the conditions. Just the absence of water. You might not want food, but you will just need water, you know. And they got to a point where they had no water, no food. And in the middle of that wilderness, she was seeing her own child dying. She saw her next generation dying. And while I'm reading it, and I'm like, 
I felt like God was speaking a little bit about the same thing, about the generation that we are living in and the things that we are seeing. You know, we might feel like it's only getting from worse to worse. You young adult, I mean, you, um, the older guys, <laughs> know that you're not young anymore, but you know. <laughs> um, you are looking at this generation, and the things that this generation is having to face is much more different than what you had before. You know, I've experienced this firsthand in my university, through interacting with people, you know, the lies that the enemy is throwing out there, and it's becoming difficult and more difficult for this generation to choose the truth or the lies of the enemy. So it kind of brings you hopelessness and fear. But in that moment, in that moment, where Agar is there watching her child, and she, she, she sees no solution, she is hopeless, she feels like that child is going to die. But you know what she did? She takes the child... She puts him far away, and she goes and sits on the other corner. She's like, this is too difficult for me. I cannot watch my own child die. But in that time, God comes, and he speaks to Agar, and he told them these words. These are the same words that I heard God speaking to me for three Sundays in a, whole, in a row, and he kept on saying, lift up your eyes and look. So I lift up my eyes, and Agar also lift up her eyes, she saw the well that has been there all along, but she just never saw it. All she saw was the desert. All she saw was the wilderness. All she saw was the suffering. And I'm looking, and the Lord just right there, and he's like, lift up your eyes and see. What you are seeing is not all. It's not the entire truth. God is busy working, and in fact, he has been working. You know, God has been doing that. Even when he delivered Israel, it wasn't just all of a sudden, oh, boop, I forgot about my people. They are suffering in Egypt. Now I must go and save them. But no, this has all been part of God's plans. That's why he even called um, Moses and he told him that my people are suffering. I've heard they cried. So God heard them right from the beginning and then sent Moses. So it's, it, I understood that from that vision that God wanted me to see things differently. And so I carry it on, and beside that story of the world, God spoke to me again through a second story of a world where Jesus was actually um, walking, going from the city, going to Samaria, and she met a Samaritan woman at the well. And the same word were then again used. After Jesus revealed everything that she had done, the Samaritan went, and then the same word was said to the disciples not to the Samaritan woman. When the disciples came, they saw Jesus doing his, I mean, talking to this lady. They're like, oh, who is Jesus talking to? Why is she talking to a woman? But then the woman left. And then they told Jesus that you haven't eaten. But Jesus is like, my food is to do the will of God. And then he tells the disciple, I think I want to read that maybe quickly. It's in John 4, verse... 34. John chapter 4, verse 34. Okay. Technology taking his own time. 
John, John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say there are still four months. Do, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Be so, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the field, for they are already white for the harvest. And Jesus here, when he's talking about lifting up your eyes and they are already white for the harvest, he's talking about the millions of people that he came here to save. You know, there are a world out there that are needing Jesus. There are a world out, there is a world out there that is seeking for the truth. There is a generation out there that is being battered, that is being battled, that is being, you know, the, the enemy is throwing different things at them, you know, but... The Bible is saying, and he's saying to you, church, lift up your eyes and see that God is already working. And you know when God, you know when God reveals something to you, it's because he wants you to partner with him. He wants you to go along into that journey. I didn't even need the mind today because of time, but he wants you to partner with him. You know, we have talked about, we have declared blessing on different generations from elderly. You know, you have a big responsibility on these children. You know, the one thing I always say is what we do not teach our children, we let it for the world out there to teach them. And it's the time for you to stand on who are you going to serve. You know, serving God isn't that thing where we think, we have to make little, we are becoming servant, and we don't like that word. Serving God is actually, I like what Cathy Broom Burke, I said I was reading it online, and she said, Rest assured, to be the Lord's servant is not to be one of lowly status. It is to be appointed by Jesus Christ to serve his will and his ways in order to live a better life, a life full of God's goodness and even surprises. So serving isn't thinking less about yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's putting God first. Putting God first in your family. When you make the decision that me and my house will serve the Lord, it's about putting that priority. These are the truths that we stand for in our family. And Jesus are looking for people like you and me because we are the light of this world and this world is needing this light. And you have to go out there to this generation that is seeking for the truth. For you young people, young men, when you go wherever you are, you have to carry the light of Jesus inside of you. And that's what he has called you for into this generation. So all is not hopeless. Everything is not hopeless. God is busy working. Lift up your eyes and see what I'm doing. In Jesus' name.